The following is a ray gun armed, faster than light presentation of GalacticNetcasts.com. Hello, and welcome to the Sci Fi Film School Podcast, Episode 7, for Thursday, October 13th, 2011. I am the Inter Dave alongside my co host, Mr. Matt Stein. How are you, Matt? Um, good. Full of pizza. Like you were last time. I, was, I think it was two weeks ago I was full of pizza. I don't know. It's but... been two weeks. We haven't done a podcast for two weeks. That's pretty much my life. Mr. Getting Married in a Less Than Three Weeks? Man? No, three and a half. Okay. Three weeks and two days. Are you excited? I want it so badly to be over. Not in like a bad way, I don't want to get married, more in like a, I'm sick of planning this thing and I'm yeah. sick of listening to people. Yeah, that's the worst part. Yeah. What I was thinking about doing is, in your absence, bringing in my relatives, actually having my sisters on as co-hosts. Feel free. I, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to hold you back because my life's ending. But I don't want to like bring somebody in that's super awesome, you know? That, that I'll be like, hey, I should replace Matt with this person. You know? Yeah, no one's cooler than I am, so whatever. It, it'll give my family a chance to see what I do and to embarrass them as well. So it's a twofold <laughs> process, really. All right, so this is the podcast where we watch a sci-fi TV, or, uh, TV show or movie, in this case, TV show, then we review it and quiz you, Matt, and our listeners' knowledge on what they learned from watching it. And this time, we did Star Trek The Next Generation, the two-part episode, Chain of Command, part one and two. So are you ready? Yes. All right. I do believe that class is in session. Like I said, this, week, uh, this week's assignment was the uh, 1992 two-part Star Trek the Next Generation episode, Chain of Command. The episodes aired December 14th and December 21st of that same year. Guest starring Ronnie Cox from what movie? What classic 1980s movie, Matt? Come on, you can do it. What? Ronnie Cox. How I... Yeah, how would I know? I believe it was, wasn't it uh, uh, Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills Cop, Ronnie Cox? Wasn't he in those? That's a good question. He was in Terminator and some other 80s movies. That's for sure. Let's see. I'm going to IMDb him real quick. While, I mean, you do that, me. while you do that, I'll say that he starred as Captain Edward Jellicoe and David Warner as the Cardassian Gull Madrid. And um, we picked this episode to coincide with last time, uh, the movie that we did last time, which was George Orwell's 1984 in which O'Brien, the character of O'Brien, not Chief O'Brien from Star Trek The Next Generation, tortures Winston Smith until Smith admits that he sees five fingers when O'Brien only holds up four. In Chain of Command Part 2, Madred's test using four lights is an homage to that scene in uh, 1984. The episode is, in turn, briefly referenced in the online game World of Warcraft, uh, The Burning Crusade. See what else? Also significant is the fact that Counselor Troy is forced to wear a uniform, which she does from this episode onward. 
In addition, it is David Warner's return to Star Trek. He had previously been in Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, as a human. Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, as a Klingon. Uh, this was also the episode that kind of teed off Star Trek Deep Space Nine in, that, in its use as Cardassians, as the major villain of that show. Chain of Command Part Two was the only uh, was only the second time an episode of this series earned parental advisory disclaimer. Wow! For its, I'm sure its violence and brief nudity of Captain Picard, which I <laughs> have burned into my memory, which I wish. Yeah, he is not flattering in the nude. No, not at all. <laughs> so, did you find out what he played? Yes, he was Dick Jones in RoboCop, and he was also Chief Andrew Bogomil in Beverly Hills Cop 2. I knew it! I knew it. Anyways, that is Ronnie Cox, and he was uh, he played Captain Jellicoe in uh, Chain of Command Part 1 and 2. So uh, let's move in to the next part, which is what we learned. Are you ready for the sound bites, Matt? I'm so ready. This is becoming my favorite part. Oh, you know, before we do that, let's uh, let's let you break down the episodes. Yeah. Tell us what they're all about. I was just gonna do it backwards, but uh, so it starts out like Star Trek Enterprise, Stardate, whatever, and um, Captain Jellico comes to the Enterprise and basically tells Picard that he has to step down but he's stepping down to do this mission, which no one knows anything about except for the people that are going with him. Um, so they go through this whole ceremony, and everyone still on the ship gets all sketched out um, because they don't know what's going on. And then uh, he gets captured by, the, by Kim Kardashian. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, looking... they torture him and like, try to get, they're trying to get like secrets out of him. And... Um, you know, he, he does a good job of not giving the secrets up, and then uh, basically the Federation finds a way to get Kim Kardashian to give Picard back. Well, t- we'll, t- we'll tell what was going on. Okay, there was the part of the episodes where it was Picard, Worf, and Dr. Crusher. They were on the Kardashian planet. But then there was yeah. some other stuff going on in space with the Enterprise. What was going on with that? Um... Man, I, I don't know if you're referring to the... They're, like, trying to get ready for a battle because they're trying to um, come to an agreement with the Cardassians, and they're, like, they're never going to... They're not going to... You know, it's not going to work out. We're going to going to war anyways. Um, and then Data finds out that the Cardassians faked having this weapon to get Picard off the ship because Picard's one of three people that know how to do something. Yeah, the, 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 he knows the defense secrets for that that sector of space that the Cardassians yeah, that, are basically so they, claiming you know, as their own. Yep, so they find out that they just get they, they got him off the ship so that they would have a better chance of winning, basically. Okay. Without giving away too much, that's my review. Did you ever watch Star Trek Deep Space Nine? Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a whole episode. I remember there was a black guy in it who I think was a teacher in the movie American History X. Avery Brooks. Yes. Yeah, the reason I ask that, the reason I bring that up is because this kind of is a transition between Star Trek The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine as they introduce the Cardassians. 
in this episode. Well, they had introduced them earlier, but this was a bigger involvement for the Cardassians in the whole Star Trek franchise. Oh. Yeah, I, and like I said, I've never watched a full episode of um, Deep Space Nine, but I, I mean, if I saw it, I would probably know what I was talking about. All right, so let's move into what we learned. Uh, the first thing that I learned, and by the way, we have more of these than usual because this was a two-hour episode. Ever. Come again? I was making fun of you. Oh, okay. What's new? People do that all the time. <laughs> okay, here's what I learned. We learned early on that things were going to get real, really fast. May I present Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Admiral, welcome on board. Thank you. That'll be all, Commander. Can I get you some coffee? Tea. Thank you. No, Captain. I'm afraid there's no time for the usual pleasantries. I'm here to relieve you of command of the Enterprise. Okay, that was the very first scene before they even rolled the, the theme. So that kind of got you in the mood for the for the rest of the story. It kind of got you going, what the hell's going on? <laughs> and here's uh, another scene that kind of sets up the story a little bit more, too. The Cardassian forces, which were recently withdrawn from the Bajoran sector, had been redeployed along the Federation border. They have mobilized three divisions of ground troops, and their subspace communications have been increased by 50%. We believe that they're preparing for an incursion into Federation space. Our intelligence reports suggest that they'll try to seize one of the disputed systems along the border. We think they're gambling that the Federation won't actually go to war over one system. We have decided to send the Enterprise to meet with the Cardassian representative in open talks. We're hoping that the presence of the Federation flagship on the border will send a message to their leadership about just how seriously we view the situation. Where is Captain Picard? The captain, your chief medical officer, and security chief have been reassigned. That's all I can tell you for now. That was kind of long, but it really explains what was going on. And as you heard there, they were talking about the Cardassians and the Bajoran sector, and that's where Star Trek D Space Nine took place. Oh, okay. So what did you learn, Matt? Uh, captain Jellicoe is kind of an a-hole. Is there a problem with Delta Shift, Will? There is no Delta Shift yet, sir. So you have not changed the watch rotation? I was going to explain this to you after the ceremony, sir. You will tell the department heads that as of now, the Enterprise is on a four-shift rotation. I don't want to talk about it. Get it done. Now that means that Delta Ship will be due to come on duty in two hours. I expect you to have it fully manned and ready when it does. Is that clear? Yes, sir. He was a little obsessed, like a little overly obsessed with the four-shift rotation. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed like it never, there was, like, no redeeming qualities about him. He was just, he was a wang from the beginning. I think they did that on purpose, just to make Picard and the Enterprise and the Enterprise crew seem better, you know? Eh, who knows? Who knows what they were doing? But Ronnie Cox did a great job in this episode. He he really pulled it off, I thought. Oh, no, yeah, he was great at the part. It just, I don't know, I never liked him and just wanted him to die from the get-go. See, I think they did, that, they, they, did, they did that on purpose. There was two villains in this story. There was him and the Cardassians. Well, of course, they don't want you to like Jellicoe more than Picard, so, you know, Picard comes back at the end. Exactly. Okay, what I learned was that... Uh, 
Okay. <laughs> I was looking at yours for a second. Oh. Uh, we learned that, or we learned what Picard's mission was. Now that we're underway, I can tell you about our mission. Starfleet Intelligence believes that the Cardassians are developing a metagenic weapon. Oh, my God. Now, for the <laughs> past few weeks, Theta-band subspace emissions have been detected coming from Celtis Three. Starfleet believes that the Cardassians may have a secret research lab located somewhere below the planet's surface. Our orders are to penetrate this Celtis Three installation and determine if the Cardassians are actually building a metagenic weapon. And if they are? Destroy it. At any cost. My favorite part of that was when Picard said penetrate. <laughs> I, was, I was giggling like a little kid when I heard him say that for the first time. He, I he, do that every day. He, he, every time someone says anything, uh, yeah, it's, it's bad. He said penetrate. <laughs> 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 All right, so let's move on here. What did you learn, Matt? Uh, the Ferengi. Yeah, that's what I thought. The Ferengis are easy to manipulate. I don't think he would be interested in dealing with Federation spies. You know, I heard that Solik yeah. was quite a man. Well, yes. He is an extraordinary man. That's why we came here. Because only Solik could help us. I guess there's some things even Sola can't do. It's too bad. Because if he could, I would be very, very, yes, grateful. When do you want to leave? I have a theory that the reason that these episodes had a parental advisory warning on it wasn't for the violence and Picard being naked, but no, it was that part right there. It was for that scene. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Kind of creepy when, when you, especially when you just hear it, because you hear, <laughs> you know, you hear her voice, you hear his voice. It's it sounds like a love scene. Is what it is. It's like porno book on tape. It is exactly so. Ferengi's very malleable. Um, I learned that even the Cardassians know how to foreshadow. Where is Captain Picard? Reassigned. Well, I hope his new assignment is not too dangerous. It would be a shame if something were to happen to such a... Uh, such a noted officer. Yes. It would. The only thing missing from that scene was the Cardassian doing the finger quotes. <laughs> it would be too bad if an officer like that would get hurt or whatever he said. Yeah, no, that was um, I, I never really realized that that it was foreshadowing until you just pointed it out. To be honest. Oh, because you had never seen it before. Right. Well, I mean, it was it wasn't too hard to figure out what was going on, but I mean, you know, or something wasn't going to happen. But, um, yeah, yeah. Well, that, just the, absolutely nowhere. Well, just the way he was talking too, 
Yes. You know, he was just he was mocking them in his tone. Yeah. Well, they had him at that point, right? They had already. Yeah. Or had they not? No, they they had just gotten him, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. Or they were about to get him, something like that. It was pretty close to each other, but uh, anyways. Uh, we learned that the Cardassians are pretty good at reviewing the stories so far. <laughs> Let's review with the Cardassians. Captain Jean-Luc Picard, Lieutenant Worf, and Dr. Beverly Crusher landed on Seltris Three, attacked one of our outposts in a brutal assault, and killed over 55 men, women, and children. <sighs> what evidence do you have of that? We have all the evidence we need. We have Captain Picard. Is he alive? The Cardassian Union has yet to decide how it will respond to this latest provocation. But rest assured, we will respond. If you continue watching, especially episodes of Deep Space Nine, you'll realize that the Cardassians love to act. They love to really be over the top. They're over the top aliens is what they are. That's what I'm saying, Matt. They are like women. I think so, yeah. They're they're <laughs> women, but they're not, in a way. Yeah. So that only leads me to believe that a woman Cardassian is like three times the emotion. Or a woman Cardassian is like a guy. One of the two. I don't know. I'm going to stick with the fact that they are overly emotional. Okay. All right, we learned that Gull Madred really, really likes to torture. While you were under the influence of our drugs, you were implanted with a small device. By entering commands in this pad, I can produce pain in any part of your body. With various levels of severity. Forgive me. I don't enjoy this, but I must demonstrate. It will make everything clearer. Yeah, right. <laughs> Surprising, isn't it? Most people feel at first they can't steel themselves against it, but they're completely unprepared for the intensity of the pain. That was the lowest possible setting. I know nothing about me, Miss Kuma. But I've told you that I believe you. I didn't ask you about me, Noskova. I asked how many lights you see. There are four lights. I don't understand how you can be so mistaken. So, how well do you think they translated that scene from 1984 onto this, onto this story? Um, trying to remember, like, visualize the whole panel. I mean, they did a pretty good job because it really went from, like, moderately dramatic to overly dramatic um, at about the same pace that it did in 1984. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, uh, the, the wall, I guess it ends differently in this one, but they, they both have the last statement of there's only four fingers or lights. Yep. And, you know, just an over-the-top scream. Yep. And unfortunately, I did, well, I think I did capture... One of those screams, not the one that you're talking about, I don't think. Okay, what did you learn, Matt? Riker's got a big old pair of balls. <laughs> Let's find out. 
I'm not suggesting you trade an entire star system for one man's life. But you've got to acknowledge that these were Federation orders and that he is a prisoner of war. No. He will have the protection of the Solanus Convention. That would play right into Golomek's hand. He's just waiting for some sign of weakness on our part before he starts making more demands. I can't believe you're willing to sacrifice Captain Picard's life as a negotiation tactic. Will, Captain, we're all concerned about... Are you questioning my judgment, Commander? As First Officer, it is my responsibility to point out any actions that may be mistakes by a commanding officer, sir. Then maybe it's time you found other responsibilities. You're relieved. So, Counselor Troy really... they She got pushed aside during that scene. Yes. What did Dave learn today? Oh, okay. Oh, you want the <laughs> podcast to continue. We don't you don't want to dilly dally on that? You don't want to talk about that further? Oh uh, no, I did, did, you summed it up. I mean Okay. It is what it is, Dave. Right. Come on. Okay. I'm happy with that. All right. Uh, what I learned was what really gets under Madrid's skin. I'm not suggesting you trade oh, an entire on. star system for one ah! Wrong clip. Oh, wrong one. Dave fail. Okay. What we learned, again, what really gets under Madred's skin. Must be rewarding to you to, to repay others for all those years of misery. What do you mean? Whenever I look at you now, I won't see a powerful Cardassian warrior. I will see a six-year-old boy who is powerless to protect himself. Be quiet! In spite of all you've done to me, I find you a pitiable man. Picard, stop it. I'm going to get mad, and you don't want to see me angry. I'm going to turn into a Hulk. (laughs) All right, one final scene, or one final clip. What did you learn, Matt? Uh, Just how many lights there were. There are four lights. There are five lights. How many do you see now? You are six years old. You're weak and helpless. You cannot hurt me. How many? What? I don't even know what he said at the end, but that was that was a powerful scene. Yeah, definitely, and that that's not actually the scene that you were talking about earlier, at, where he gets the final the final say. He gets the he, he gets the final word in where he says there are four lights. That's the scene right before that. Right. And right shortly after that, the other Cardassian comes in and says, "What are you doing? You were supposed to have him ready for transfer." Yes, which was also shortly after he tried getting Picard. Well, I shouldn't say shortly after, but he was going to let Picard go. And he said, I'll just get my answers from, from the woman. Yep, yep. He was lying. You lying Kardashian. 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 You know, looking at it now, it's kind of funny that they were called Kardashians. You know, knowing the whole Kardashian thing, it's kind of funny. Yeah, over-emotional, reckless. Idiots. Yeah. Sounds very much like the Kardashians. Exactly. That's pretty funny to me. But. All right. Let's, are you ready to be quizzed? Uh, what about favorite parts? Oh. You want to do that here or the, at the end? Uh, whatever. Okay. 
Let's uh, do that at the end. Give ourselves right, time. All right, let's mix it up. Okay, let's... lively, spicy. All right. Uh, it's time to find out how much you learned. Like I always ask, Matt, are you seated comfortably? I am now. What? I am now. Let me turn this down a little bit. <laughs> All right. Okay, if you're playing along at home, I hope that you are sitting comfortably as well. So let's begin. Question number one. What was the name of the starship the Enterprise had the rendezvous with at the beginning of the episode? What was the name of the starship that the Enterprise had the rendezvous with at the beginning of episode one? Oh, this is multiple choice. Sorry. Thank God. (laughs) A, Challenger. B, Pike. Or C, Cairo. A, Uh, Challenger. Hang on. Let me repeat them. B, Pike. Or C, Cairo. Fairly certain it's the Cairo. Do you want to do that as your final answer? Yeah. Did you know it, or were you were you guessing? No, no. When you say Cairo, I mean I remember them saying Cairo, but okay. I watched this episode last week, and then I watched the second episode this morning. Yeah, so it was two weeks ago that you actually saw that scene. So it's been a while. All right. Question two. What was it that Captain Jellicoe wanted out of the ready room? What was the thing that Captain Jellicoe wanted out of the ready room? And this is just, I don't have multiple choice for this one. It was an item, an object, a prized possession of Captain Picard. That's not going to help me. Um, is head wax? Because <laughs> he's bald? Is that, is that the joke? Very bald. I, I really, I, nothing comes to mind. Um, the answer is fish. Oh, God, yeah. Never would have got that one. Get that fish out of the ready room. I don't want him there. All right, uh, so question three. Where did Picard, Dr. Crusher, and Worf go to get discrete transportation? And this is multiple choice, by the way. Where did Picard, Dr. Crusher, and Worf go to get discrete transportation? Was it A, Tormund 5, B, Klaxon 7, or C, Ryza? Again, A, Tormund 5, B, Klaxon 7, or C, Ryza? What's your answer, Matt? Uh, my answer is Klaxon 7. Are you sure? I hate when you do this. Yes, I'm sure. Tormund 5. Forzon 5, whatever. They all sound the same. All those made-up alien Star- worlds on Star Trek. All right, question four. At what level did the phaser have to be set to get through the rocks under the surface of the planet? At what level did the phaser have to... Okay, for those of you just listening, Matt has his hands over his face. Like, he's not going to get this one. At what level did the phaser have to be to get through the rocks under the surface of the planet? 
I don't even know what settings there are on a phaser. They're numbers. Like baked potato? <laughs> I'll, I'll help you out a little bit. They're numbers. And they're numbers. This would be number one, some number between one and 20. Oh, man, I thought they only went to like five. Yeah, I thought so too until I saw this episode. <laughs> uh, man, to get through rocks, you figure it has to be pretty high. I'm going to say 14. Final answer? Yeah. You were close. It was 16. So you have one wrong, or no, one right, and three wrong? Yeah. How many questions are there? There's seven. Or no, hang on. There's nine. Oh, okay. So you still got a chance at winning. I got to do pretty well on the back half of this quiz. All right. Step it up. Step it up. Question five. What information did the Cardassians want from Picard? What information did the Cardassians want from Picard? Was it A, the secret to cloaking technology, B, the number of ships that were being sent to attack the Cardassian fleet, or C, the Federation's defense plans for Minas Corva? A, the secret of cloaking, B, the number of ships that were being sent to attack the Cardassians, or C, the Federation's defense plans for Minas Corva? Final answer. Play the dinging bell. Yeah, that was a pretty easy one. Because that that was pretty specific, and I think we actually talked about it, or it was in one of the clips. I don't remember it being in the clip. Or or you just knew it. No, I'm just that smart. Okay, all right. (laughs) Couldn't that be an option? I am such... I'm so mean. (laughs) I'm so mean thinking that you actually wouldn't know that. <laughs> All right. You're on a comeback. Yep. You can do it, Matt. Come back. All right. Number six. This is not multiple choice. After Riker was l- relieved of duty, who took over as or took over a spot as first officer? After Riker was relieved of duty, who took over his spot as first officer? Oh, man. Who had a different color uniform? That should be the real question. I know. I'm trying to... There's two people that I think it might be. You know, what would help is if you if you work through it out loud. Yeah, like on the real show? Or the real... No. <laughs> it's either Data or LaForge, but I'm trying to think of who had a different color. And And I remember... Jellico talking to both of them. But I remember data's always helpful. It's a computer. <laughs> See, this is probably uh, helping. What's that? This is probably helping. I who knows? Because I can I can see it going both ways. I'm pretty sure Jellico asks LaForge though, like a specific question about something that he wouldn't I'm saying LaForge because Jellico wanted him to, to drive a, a ship or something, and he goes, nope, you're going to want Riker to do it because he's the best pilot we have. LaForge, final answer. Come on! <laughs> it was Data. Oh, crap, crap, crap! <laughs> so I guess talking it out loud didn't help in this case. Nope. All right. 
It made for a more interesting show. Shut up. Uh, so you are still losing. All right. Yeah, pretty, I, I have to get every question right to win, otherwise I lose. Okay. Breaking my winning streak. All right, is this going to make you even, like tied, or no? It, you'll For win. Wins okay. and losses? Huh, what? For wins and losses? No, no, no. I just, I totally didn't. That didn't make any sense. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> All right. Just forget I said anything. We'll do. <laughs> no problem, Dave. Yeah, right? Not hard. <laughs> Crazy. All right. <laughs> Number seven. What was the name of the nebula just inside the Cardassian border? What was the name of the nebula just inside the Cardassian border? Was it A, the Rochester Nebula, B, the McAllister Nebula, or C, the Johnson & Johnson Nebula? D- did you dumb down those answers on purpose? Well, I do that once in a while just to be funny. It was, it's B, final answer. What was it? What was the name? McAllister. All right, Matt. Good job. All right, question eight. What was the lie Gold Madrid told Picard after he told him he was free to go? What was the? Oh. Sorry, you can repeat it. What was the lie Gold Madrid told Picard after he told him he was free to go? Is this multiple choice or not? No, it's not. Uh, he told him that he would just get his answers from Dr. Troy. Dr. Troy? I don't know. Is that her name? Dr. Crusher. Oh, yeah, Dr. Crusher. It's close Sorry. enough. They were, they were, the lie was that they were holding Crusher and Worf. Or no, they, the lie was that they were holding Crusher and Worf was dead. Yes. But the, you I, were, I remember him saying, we'll just get our answers from yeah. the woman. Yeah. They never said her name. Yep. All right, you're one away from making the biggest Winning or losing, biggest comeback in uh, sci-fi film school podcast history. Like I said, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. All right, ladies love Matt. All right, nothing, nothing. Dave doesn't even appreciate a good, a good pop culture reference anymore. <laughs> All right, final question: Captain Jellico began his career as a shuttle pilot between what two planets? And this is not multiple choice. Captain Jellicoe began his career as a shuttle pilot between what two planets? I have absolutely no idea. Okay, uh, I'll help you out. There are planets in our solar system. I, I mean, I have a guess, but I, I was just going to say the Earth and Mars, the Mercury. Is that your final answer? Yeah. No. The planets were J- Jupiter and Saturn. Jupiter yeah. and Saturn. I assumed it was going to be in our solar system, but well, I'm not even going to make excuses. So that is, that is a loss. You lost, man. I'm sorry. No, four, four, two, and one. That's your record? Yeah. Four, two, and one. Yes. What's the one? You were a t- Oh, we're, we had a tie, didn't a tie. we? Yeah. Because you're... Stupid ass only had eight questions. <laughs> yeah. Before we figured it out. Okay. All right. That's that's it for the quiz. Well, uh, job well done. Anyways, good good effort. Good try. <laughs> Thanks. You got real specific with some of those questions. Made it a little more difficult. Not that I'm complaining. I'm just. Uh, I think that I think maybe you. 
attention as I probably should have. You might have done better if we would have actually done the podcast like like last week when we were supposed to. Eh, who knows? And currently, the only thing that I comes to my mind is who I need to hunt down for wedding responses. Okay, so you're distracted. Not to name names, Dave Nelson. But. Mine's in the mail. Better be. I don't. I didn't get it yet, and I got the mail today. It's in the. I put it in the mail today. Oh my god! Got it real close to that October fourteenth deadline. I know. I I'm always cut. Always cut things close. All right. So no, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Just. All right. Just that's no. One, uh, one uh, more thing to worry about. Uh, okay. Are we? Are we going to continue talking over each other? Is that? Is that we how could. it's going? Is that how it's going to go from now on? Yeah, it's practice for the next 50 years of my life. Yeah, exactly. All right, <laughs> so that is it for this week's episode of the Sci-Fi Film School podcast. We talked about the Star Trek The Next Generation episodes. What were they called again? Chain of Command. Chain of Command, part one and two. Do you uh, really not remember that? <laughs> for a second, I didn't. I, oh. I'm terrible. I'm dumb. Oh, hey, well, I thought maybe you were just trying to like pop quiz me. Or make me feel better about myself. Yeah, one final answer. Uh, All right, so next week's assignment is the 2010 sequel to the 1982 classic Tron, which is Tron Legacy. Neither of us have seen this. Am I correct by saying that? Very, very much so. And it is on Netflix streaming, so if you want to follow along and do the quiz with us next week, go ahead and watch it. It's on streaming or get it at your video store or download it from Amazon or iTunes or whatever. Tron Legacy, that's the next movie. So uh, that is it for this, Episode 7 of the Sci-Fi Film School Podcast. I do have another question for you, Matt, and I think you might know this. How can people leave us feedback? That's awesome. Way to make it very easy. Um, you, can, you can go onto iTunes, you can subscribe, and then you can leave a comment and say how freaking awesome Dave and I are. Okay. And then the five-star rating. Um, you can email us at galacticnetcasts at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. That's new to me. I didn't know we got a phone number now. Yeah, brand Uh, new. That's, I hope it's Dave's personal number. Um, And then let us know how much you love us. Okay. Let us know 1 to 11. All right. That sounds perfect. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, you can also follow us on the social networks. We are on uh, Twitter at Galactic Netcast without the final S at the end. Or you can search for us on Google Plus or Facebook. And uh, that's going to be it, Matt. Any final words? I need a nap. This has been a presentation of Galactic Netcasts. To subscribe to this and our other podcasts, go to galacticnetcasts.com.